Welcome into another episode of Bill's Pod Squad. Maddie Glab here as your host, and I'm joined by my co-host and Bill's owner and team president, Kim Pagula. Kim, so great to be coming off of a win. I know we just had like one one down week, but it felt like longer. I'm being I'm exaggerating here, but so good to see the Bills get back to their winning ways. 45 points on the scoreboard. Um, the offensive line looked healthier. Of course, they got Spencer Brown back, uh, which resulted in them really racking up the yards and the points, 489 total yards on offense. The running backs did great. They had four rushing touchdowns. And how about the defense? Five takeaways. And like you say in this podcast, all phases of the game. They looked really good yesterday. You know what? I don't understand why it can't be that way every week. Right. No, it's just, you know, if everyone goes and does their job and, um, you know, you get, you get an outcome like that. Uh, no, I realize that that's what I love about sports, right? It's, it's never quite so predictable. But um, it was just a fun game to be at, a fun game to watch. A lot of Bills fans there, met a lot of fans, both coming from all over, you know, the East Coast, as well as Buffalo and those living in the city. Um, that MetLife Stadium is humongous. That, that place is big. My feet were sore from just walking around, and I wasn't even able to go all the way around the stadium. But, uh, but it was just a fun Sunday. And like you said, some emergence of, you know, um, Matt Berea, like just there is like, um, like you said, the takeaways, um, you know, he had star uh, testing um, positive or in, in protocol uh, the day of the game, which we, mm. we hadn't ever had before. You know, we had a little bit of adjustments. Yeah. So imagine the adjustments that had to be made and and the flurry behind the scenes of tra- uh, testing and tracing and trying to keep our players safe, but then knowing it's game day morning, like this is all happening on game day. So Despite all of that, though, that that went on behind the scenes, being able to really uh, bounce back, have a resilience, um, really, you know, I know coach all week long, you know, just talked about refocusing, looking at it. And what I love, what I love that he said after the game wasn't that he was, you know, focusing on one thing or one side of the ball. He had conversations to the whole team because, again, every loss is not just based on on one person or one side of the ball, one, one phase. It went, it, it's, it's a whole team effort. It, everything is connected and trickles down. And so I love the fact that that's what he was emphasizing, that the loss of Jacksonville was not a loss um, you know, of one side or another. It was a whole team loss. And at, again, at the same time, we could all be resilient, bounce back. The whole team had to be part of that. And that's what we got on Sunday. Yeah, he charged the team during the week to be more physical, play a more physical game of football. And yesterday against the New York Jets, it looked like a very physical game from the offense to the defense. Of course, the defense looked physical, but the offense looked aggressive. They looked like they wanted to get in the end zone and not saying that they don't always look like that, but it looked like those adjustments were put in place so this team could look more physical as a whole. And they definitely did. So uh, hopefully that means good things going forward because it's not going to get any easier easier for the Buffalo Bills. Of course, they've got some big games coming up, uh, but we will get into our podcast episode. Our guest of the week 
is Tony Dungy. You guys know him. He was an NFL player for a long time. He played as an NFL safety from 1977 to 1990 and then coached in the NFL for 13 seasons, uh, helped take the Bucs to the Super Bowl. He wasn't a part of the coaching staff anymore, but he definitely got the Bucs back to their winning ways and then won a Super Bowl with the Colts. That's where Leslie Frazier was actually under him as a defensive backs coach. So we get into all that, uh, but just really a great conversation from one of the greats in the NFL who still uh, has a part in everything today. So here's Tony Dungy. Tony, we are so excited to have you on for many reasons, just because you are Tony Dungy and you have had such a hand in the NFL and what the NFL is like today. Um, a lot of it is because of you being a player and all your coaching uh, days and years that you have had in the NFL. And the Buffalo Bills are coming off of a, an exciting win against the New York Jets of 45 points they scored. That's what a lot of our fans wanted to see after only scoring six against the Jaguars. So good to see the Bills get back to their winning ways and that high-powered offense that they're known for. But hey, next week or this week, they're playing the Indianapolis Colts, a team that you <laughs> are tied to and know a lot about. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the Buffalo Bills season so far? They've got six wins and, and three losses and have a really good defense this year. And you know their defensive coordinator really well, too. Yeah, I do. And, and for that reason, Leslie Frazier is a good friend of mine. He was on our staff, our Super Bowl staff in, in Indianapolis. He introduced me to Coach McDermott and so uh, Coach Dable. I know a lot of people up there now through Leslie. So I follow the Bills and I'm excited for them. Uh, they've had a, a good start to the year. It's funny, though, uh, we were talking about it last night on uh, Football Night in America, that especially in the AFC, it's just like there's no dominant team that you say, oh, well, th this is the best team because every time you say that, and Drew Brees said he picked Buffalo two weeks ago before your Jacksonville loss. And uh, then you pick someone else and you say, oh, this is the best team and, and they get beat. I was kind of riding Baltimore's uh, bandwagon and then Miami upset them. So I think it's just that type of year, still looking for consistency. I think a lot of it still is, the COVID situation, training camps cut a little bit shorter. Uh, we're probably, it's probably going to be December until we really can zero in on who, who's doing well. But the Bills are off to a great start, and I'm excited for them. Well, Coach Dungy, um, so you said you talked to, to Coach Frazier, but I want to tell you something. I talked to Coach, Coach Frazier last night, and he credited the win in, in some way to the cookies I made uh, for the, our trip to, to New York. <laughs> so I'm not sure if he brought that up to you, but he is a, a cookie monster and he's always so, um, so he gets so excited when uh, I bring him cookies and yesterday's win, uh, he did give me a little, little bit of cookies. Yes, no, you would be surprised how the players and the staff, those things mean something. And uh, if you have a tradition and then it doesn't come through for some reason, oh, Where's Kim with the cookies? I don't know how we're going to do. We, we, you know, I don't know. Maybe we should postpone this game. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I, I want to contribute in any way I can. So uh, thankfully, I'm better yeah. at making cookies than, you know, um, covering covering uh, anybody on the field. So um, so he just asked you for cookies. He doesn't ask you for suggestions yes, on which defense right. to call. Huh? <laughs> that's, right. that's right. And I will say that you did today, you have this week, you know, uh, you have definitely won the background 
um, you have to be both Matt, Maddie and oh. I, because your background is much better than either one of ours. Uh, well, so. I'm in my study and I appreciate it. A lot of good memories here, a lot of great players. And that's what you guys are building here in Buffalo. So uh, I, I think you're going to have this background shortly. I aspire to have a wall like that. Well, as, as we look at your wall, Tony, I see uh, Super Colts as a part of one of the newspaper clippings that you have yeah. up there. And we know that you were with the Indianapolis Colts uh, for quite some time uh, during your coaching days. And you were with them from 2002 to 2008, won that Super Bowl in 2007. Um, the Buffalo Bills are, are playing the Indianapolis Colts this week in a, in a week 11 matchup. And the Colts have won their last two games. They won against the New York Jets and, and they just beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team who the Bills lost to this season. So uh, what, is, what are your thoughts or, or what have you seen from the Colts this season? Uh, Frank Reich is, is a good friend to the Buffalo Bills as yes. well. So there's a lot of connections in this matchup too. Definitely a lot of connections. In fact, when I went to Indianapolis, uh, Bill Poland was our general manager. Bill, of course, had been in Buffalo for a long time. He brought a lot of Buffalo staff down with him. So a lot of our coaches and staff people had Buffalo tie-in. And then you mentioned Frank Wright, a great backup quarterback for the Bills. And Frank was actually in uh, seminary school when Bill introduced me to him. He said, he'll, he'll be a great coach. We, we should get him on the staff. And Frank said, no, I want to be a minister. I'm going to stay in school. But we finally talked him into it. He came on our staff that Super Bowl year and was just tremendous. So I'm excited for him. I know he's uh, excited for this, uh, playing against his old team and, and getting his, his guys ready. But you ask about the Colts. They are very explosive. And they're one of those teams that probably could have a seven and two, six and three record here. They've lost a couple of games right at the wire. They lost the game in overtime to Tennessee. They've got explosive offensive personnel. And my friend, Coach Frazier, is going to ha have his hands full trying to slow down Jonathan Taylor, Carson Wentz, and, and some of that uh, passing game. Well, one of the, um, I think, hallmarks of your, your uh, experience in history and the teams that you've had, both the Colts and, and with the Bucks, is really developing a sustained success. You know, you brought both teams into playoff contenders year after year and, of course, winning a Super Bowl. And that's something that our coach McDermott here and Brandon Bean um, always talks about, but not easy to do. Right. And you've been able to do it. So, you know, what's what have you seen uh, through your experiences? Kind of that secret sauce of how do we get sustained success and and, of course, having some good players, but. I, I'm not a believer that, you know, it's just players, you know, it's a lot of things go into it, but um, with your, uh, you know, love to, to get your thoughts on, on what it takes to have sustained yeah. success like that. I, I think Kim, it really is having the mindset that that's what you want to be. And you, you look at the long term and not just feel like for every decision we make has to have immediate impact. Let's think about what, what is this going to mean for the long haul? Uh, I remember when I got to, to Tampa and our first draft was 1996. We had had 13 straight losing seasons. We're trying to sell tickets, trying to get fans back in the stands and getting ready for that draft. Our general manager, Rich McKay, at the time, he said, now we, we have to think because we've got some high picks. We're going to get people that will trade us uh, for picks down the road and maybe next year's number one draft choice. We have to think about, are, are we going to do that? Or are we going to just dig in right now and try to 
to get some players here right away. And sure enough, uh, that, that draft, Bobby Bethard was with the San Diego Chargers. He called. They had a player they wanted. Hey, we'll give you a, a boatload of picks down the road if you'll give us this pick. And we it, we had to think long and hard, but we said, you know what? We are building for the long haul, so we're going to do it. We're going to take some delayed gratification to get, get people down the road. And those picks turned into some great things for us, Warwick Dunn and, and some guys who were really a big part of that um, Super Bowl team. And sometimes that's what you have to do. You can't just react and say, this is going to be best to win this game tomorrow. This is going to be best for our team right now. We've got to think long haul. And, and I really feel that's what Coach McDermott and, and your staff is doing. And you can see the building blocks in place for down the road. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you think back to last year uh, when Stefan Diggs was a new piece, a new part to the offense, and the Bills had to give away a first-round pick to get him. And I'm sure Kim was kind of like, huh, is this a good idea? Yeah. Do we really want to do this? Um, but they did it, and it paid off. And, and he is a huge part of why the Bills made it to the AFC championship game last year and why the Bills are winning games this year. And then in the draft this year, Brandon Bean goes and drafts a, a defensive end in the first round and goes right back and gets another defensive end in the second round and was saying things like, I did not think I would draft two defensive ends in the first two rounds of the NFL draft, but that's just how things go sometimes. So I think they really do have a vision for the future and a vision for sustained success, which is so important to have in the NFL if you want to be a part of a good team that lasts for years rather than just a one and done type of year. Um, but are, are there some other things besides really looking towards the future and draft picks and, and the players that you choose that you think good teams have, whether that be the character of your players or the type of locker room that you have? Are there, you know, maybe two or three things that you think every good team has based on the teams that you've been a part of and, and gotten to coach? Well, you really hit on it. To me, if you want sustained, sustained success, you have to bring in the right type of people. You want your leaders to be high quality people, not just great players. And again, I, I think the Bills have done that, being very selective about your choices. Uh, you know, we're not going to just bring someone in because they're really talented. They've got to fit in. What does a Buffalo Bill look like? What do we want our young men to uh, exude? And, and really focusing on that. And then getting them involved in the community. I always felt like uh, the places that I, I was at where we really had strong teams, there was just a tie-in to being part of the community. I, I started out in Pittsburgh with the Steelers, and, and Mr. Rooney emphasized that. Uh, I was in Kansas City with Lamar Hunt. He emphasized that. So when I got to Tampa, when I got to Indianapolis, that was a big part of it, too. Yes, we want to win, but you know what? I think if the players, if they really like the area, if they love the, the people that are there, if they get that connection with the fans, not only do, do you – maybe go a little bit harder when you're on the field because you know you're representing them, but you have a tendency to want to stay. I didn't want to leave Pittsburgh uh, when I was a Steeler because you, you developed that. And I, I think that is another thing that, that's happening in Buffalo. You get people like Stefan Diggs coming in and saying, you know what, I love it here and I want to be a bill for life. And, and that's what you want to build. And I, I see that chemistry, that camaraderie just growing. You know, you, you have um, coached for many years and then, you know, now you retired from coaching. 
Um, and some of the things you just talked about are things that, you know, through, doesn't matter which team and, and how long ago it was, just, you know, tried and true methods of good organizations. Um, what, what have you seen though that has changed in coaching that maybe you didn't have to experience some challenges you see now sitting on the outside, looking in saying, wow, I'm glad that wasn't going on. <laughs> well, social media, yes. right? That could probably that, be the top of your list, I'm sure. That, that's the biggest thing. And trying to, you, you, when you're trying to build a championship franchise, you're always talking about togetherness, about unity, about chemistry, about coming together. And it's not just talent. Uh, I, I coached in Indianapolis for seven years and we had seven playoff teams, but only one went to the Super Bowl. It was probably the fourth or fifth best in terms of talent, but it was the team that was closest, that was the most unified, the most together. So you're trying to build that. But now there's just so many outside forces and the social media. Well, as a player, I have to build my brand. I have to get everybody to know me, who I am. I have to you know, strike while the iron's hot and just uh, get this outside income coming in or get people to know me. And all that's great, but it doesn't help you build that camaraderie that you need. So that, to me, would be the toughest thing. I think players still want to be part of a team. Uh, they want to be part of, of something special, but you just have to keep cultivating that because there's so many things that draw to them now and say, you can be an individual, you can build on this, you can do this away from the team. And that would be the toughest thing for me, kind of corralling that if I, if I was still coaching. Can you well, talk, go ahead, Kim. I was going to say, you you have a lot of practice because you your family, you, your family could be a team in itself. Yeah, we have 11 children right now and, and trying to get them unified and come together. And uh, the older ones, hey, you can't just think of yourself. What would the young kids like to do when we're going on a family outing? Those are things that it, it is. It's great. I got great practice coaching 53 players for, for what I'm doing now. I love that. And you talk about the togetherness that a team needs. And I know sometimes during losing seasons, it's hard to find that unity and togetherness. And it's a lot easier when you're winning games uh, to be together, to be together as a team as a whole when when it's high and the emotions are always good and, and, and there's always something to cling to. Uh, and sometimes in losses, that's a little bit tougher. Um, and it's a little bit easier maybe to start pointing fingers, but the Buffalo bills have been through that drought. They've been through a playoff drought and now they're out of it. And Brandon Bean and, and Kim and Terry and Sean have helped take this team to new heights and are, are taking this team, hopefully back to the super bowl years where they can get their super, get their first super bowl. Uh, victory. Uh, but you were part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 1996 to 2001, and you kind of helped take that team out of their playoff drought. When you were there coaching, you only missed the playoffs twice. And I know they won the Super Bowl after you left, but what was it like kind of bringing a team out of that playoff drought and maybe implementing some new things uh, to get a team back to its winning ways? Yeah. It really was building that idea, number one, that we can win. Uh, when I got here, so many players had a, a defeatist attitude. Hey, I'm gonna, I'll sign my contract for four years, but I know we can't win, so I'll be looking down the road after that. Or uh, I better worry about uh, my next contract, or I better worry about how many times I get the ball because we're not going to win anyway, so I, I better make sure my individual stats are good. So trying to 
coach that out of them and say, we, we, we can win, number one. This is how we're going to do it. And we're going to do it with, with high quality people staying together and fighting till, till the end. And that, that took a little while. It took a little while to get people to buy in. It took a little while to get people to believe. But once we got it going, then that's what you're trying to establish. Hey, we might not win the Super Bowl every year. We may not get there every year, but we're going to be a team that is going to be right there. Nobody's going to want to play us. Nobody's going to feel like we're an easy game. And that, that's what you want to get. And to me, that again, that's what the Bills have developed. Uh, they're a team now. We want to have well because uh, we know we're going to get an exciting game. Um, you, you just you know that this is going to be a contending team, that they're – they're not going to uh, be a, a six and ten or six and eleven now type of team. They're, they're just too well built. They don't beat themselves, um, they're, they're, and, and that's what you want to develop. What have you seen um, as the the game itself? Not just you know our our team, but just in in the league across. Like how has football changed um, for the for the good? Um, you know, maybe some for the bad, but. You know, how maybe you can help us, you know, how do we look towards the future about how we want to grow the, the sport overall? And I know one, I, I thing, think we've done, one thing that hasn't changed is people are still using your Tampa 2 defense. That's something that's been consistent <laughs> in the NFL, especially in a passing league now. People are going back to what you created at Tampa. Well, it's so funny. We had the Chiefs and the Raiders last night and everybody was talking about, well, People have figured out how to play Patrick Mahomes now. You keep two safeties back there deep in the back, and that's going to slow them down. And I was like, hmm, that sounds familiar. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, Coach Noel, when I worked for him back in the 80s and 90s, he said nothing really changes in the NFL. It gets a different face, but it's really doing the little things, doing the fundamental things really well. Uh, practicing hard, playing hard, outperforming the other team. That, that's how you win. So that hasn't changed. But there have been some things that have changed for the good. I, I think safety measures. We've done a tremendous job uh, making the game safer than it's ever been. And I, I love what they're doing now with the, the helmets and the, the protocol, concussion protocol and baseline testing of players so we know right where they are. Um, independent doctors, all of that is just a, a real, real plus. The players have uh, come up with some ideas about how to do training camp and uh, what you can do in the off-season program, and that's been good, making it uh, a little safer and, and having an access to have a longer career. So those, those things I like. Uh, I think we've done a, a good job uh, balancing things and free agency where you can – pick up good players uh, and, and not have to just wait four or five years through the draft to, to build your team. So I think we've done some things for the balance. Uh, I personally don't like the 17 games. I hope we don't keep going to 18, 20 games. I, I think the great thing about the NFL is that every game matters. And in, in 14, 16 games, you can decide who should be in the playoffs and who shouldn't. Um, I also don't like the fact that we seem to be tipping over to offense, uh, that the rules and we're making it easier to throw and we want higher scoring, exciting games. And, and that's great. But I think we need to give those defenders a little chance to, <laughs> to, to have some success as well. 
Well, speaking of defenders, I want to talk about the Buffalo Bills and, and this defense that you know because of their defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. You brought it up uh, in the beginning of our interview. I mean, Leslie Frazier was under you when you were coaching for the Colts. And when he came to Buffalo, I mean, he brought the defense along with him. And Sean McDermott is a defensive guy, too. Uh, but the defense that Leslie Frazier has had the last couple of years in Buffalo and even before that, I mean, they're such a great defense this year, and they've really gotten back to their 2019 ways. And we know last year defenses were a little bit down because of COVID and, and uh, with no preseason. And, and we learned how much preseason is really important to defenses, especially when you're not having uh really tackling practices uh, during training camps anymore, but what type of defense is Leslie Frazier known for and what gets you excited when you watch the Buffalo Bills on defense this year? Well, you, you're right. Leslie and I were together. Leslie had been with Coach McDermott in Philadelphia and they had the same thought process about things. Don't make it overcomplicated. Don't try to be the smartest guy in the room and we're going to come up with all these different things that we're going to do. Now, let the players play fast. Let them understand what they're doing. Play hard and never give up and swarm to the football. Just fundamental, fundamentally sound. And uh, I love that. And, and that's what you see in the Bills. And they've had great success. Uh, at one point, I think probably still leading the league in scoring defense. They, they've had shutouts, held teams in single figures, which is almost unheard of anymore to hold a team to nine points or worse six points, seven points, and they've done it over and over. They have a lot of pride, their players do. But more than anything, when you watch them, they are playing, they're having fun. They're playing fast, they're flying around, and uh, they look like they're having fun. And that's uh, always how I judge defenses. Are, are they out there together and unified? Well, we're, our fans are having fun as well watching watching our defense. So I know with all the takeaways and turnovers yeah. that we had uh, at the game on Sunday that that was a whole lot of fun to watch. Yeah, no, that, that's – people don't think defense can be exciting, but you, you've witnessed it this season. that The fans get fired up about it. You get the takeaways. You get a big fourth down stop. That gets the stadium going. And, uh, you know – that's where I hope we don't just take the rules so far where we say we want scoring, we want scoring, we're going to make it easier to score and harder to play defense because defense can be exciting as well. Well, I grew up in an era where, you know, every time people said defense wins championships. So, yeah, I agree with you, Tony. I hope that that never goes away. But yeah. as Coach McDermott says, you need all three phases of the ball. Yeah. So uh, and that's what makes a winning combination. So um, yes. played like that. Yeah, Maddie, you probably agree. You played all three good, really good phases uh, of the football, offense, defense and special teams. And we got a big win out of it. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I want to switch to now what you've been up to since 2009, being a part of NBC Sports and a part of Football Night in America. You get to share the desk with some pretty cool people. Mike Tirico, Drew Brees, uh, people like Maria Taylor as well has joined the crew this season. And Drew Brees as well is, is a new face, like I had just mentioned. But what's the best part about getting to talk football every single week? Well, I do enjoy it. And I, I didn't know if I would uh, when I started out, but I've been there 12 years now. We do have a great time. We get to watch all the games and kind of see what's going on in the NFL. I get to help fans 
understand the game. And I, I really enjoy that. But it, it's fun being a part of the NFL. And this year we have the Super Bowl. So that's always kind of a special year when, when that happens. But uh, it's really enjoyable. Um, we will see you guys Thanksgiving night, actually. Uh, that's one we're looking forward to down in New Orleans. So, uh, yeah, it's fun to, to be able to do game, big games like that. Well, there's many of our listeners who, you know, who are, who are coaches and, and some who maybe hopefully are, are players as well in, in all different um, phases of their life. But there's a lot of people that don't, aren't really in the game yet. But I tell people all the time, sports is so much more than just the game. There's so many things that um, it can provide for, for, for ev anybody and everybody. Um, just from your experience and the things that you learned, what would, what would you say is like the one thing that from your coaching days that you can extrapolate out that has helped you in real world you know, life situations uh, that many of us are in? Yeah, tremendous life lessons. And the biggest lesson you get is that you don't give up and you learn how to bounce back from losses. Uh, it's very rare. We haven't had an undefeated Super Bowl winning team in since Miami in 1972. So it just doesn't happen. You're going to lose a game. You're going to have difficulties. You're going to get penalties. You're going to throw interceptions. But how do you overcome that? And that's, that's a, a lesson in life. Um, our game in Indianapolis, where we went to the Super Bowl, the AFC Championship game, we played the New England Patriots. And to, to this day, 15 years later, people in Indianapolis come up to me and say, oh, that was my favorite game ever. I, I can tell you where I was watching the game or whatever. And it was awesome. It was just the best game. And I have to remind them, I said, you know, we were only ahead for one minute in that whole game. We were behind the whole way. We had to fight back. We had to keep clawing back. We tied it up a couple of times. We fell behind. But that teaches you that you don't give up. You persevere. Everything's not going to be perfect, but it's how it ends. And if you give that effort to the end, you're going to be successful in life. And I think that's what sports teaches you. And I would hope that every young man that's playing football, everyone that's involved in it, kind of gets that lesson that, yeah, it's not always going to be perfect. But you know what? If you keep working and keep trying and don't give up, good things will happen. Well, you're a testament to that. You know, you you play with uh, coach at Tampa Bay and, you know, you get let go of that job and then you go on to it with another team yeah. and you you help develop that team and win a Super Bowl with them. So um, to your point, that's very true, no matter where people are in their life and the things and the challenges and especially in well, we're going almost on two years of COVID. Now, a lot of cha challenges for, for many, many people um, outside of the game, but those lessons of, of perseverance and being able to bounce back and not give up uh, certainly can apply to all of us. Yeah, most definitely. There's a lot to learn from football, a lot to learn from working in sports. And Tony, before we let you go, uh, I know you mentioned being a part of the Thanksgiving broadcast. It's really exciting that the Bills get to play on Thanksgiving again. I remember the last time they played on Thanksgiving was when they beat the Dallas Cowboys. And it, it really felt like a coming out party for Josh Allen and his offense. Yeah. I remember that was maybe one of the first games that Josh Allen threw for over 350 yards or, or something like that but they racked up the scoreboard they just looked so sound and and this year they they draw another really good team in the New Orleans Saints and and it's going to be a coaching duel between Sean McDermott and Sean Payton uh two of the NFL's best coaches uh in the last couple of years 
So I know we still have a, a couple weeks to go before then, but what are some some early, not predictions, but what do you think about this matchup as a whole? I mean, the Saints have gone through a lot this season. They have, and we talked about persevering and hanging in there. Their quarterback retires, Drew Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback, and they bring on Jameis Winston. He gets them off to a great start, and then he gets hurt. So they had to say, you know what, it would be easy to give up. Oh, we lost our number one quarterback. We lost our number two quarterback. We can't we can't win, but they haven't done that. They've rallied around Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill and their defense has said, you know, we've got to step up and, and play well and hold the fort down. So they are, they're playing good football and it's going to be a tough game. New Orleans, uh, especially on Thanksgiving night, it's going to be loud. It's going to be raucous and they have the, the, the crowd noise with them and the energy there, but it'll, it'll be a great challenge for the bills. And I know whenever we used to play on Thanksgiving, I always told our players that we have an opportunity now. You get this win on a Thursday night, you get some time off, you get rested up for the December stretch run, it can kind of catapult you. And so I, I know both coaches are going to say that, hey, we've got a chance to really help our playoff chances by winning this game, getting some rest, and then being fired up for December. Hey, favorite side dish on Thanksgiving Day? Mm, uh, for me, it's probably a little uh, dressing with the cranberry sauce mixed into the dressing to go with the turkey. That's what I love. All right, well, there's no wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast and answering our questions. So great to talk to someone like you who has been a part of the NFL for so long and, and still is uh, getting to put your expertise out there for everybody to learn from. I think that's so awesome uh, getting to do that every week and, and just having such a hand, like I said earlier in what the NFL is now today, uh, people are going back to that defense that, that is now beating Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and Josh Allen. So we're going to have to find a way to, to combat that, but thank, thank you so you much for the time. Uh, you, great Steve. to talk to you. You're great. Well, great thank you, Maddie. Example. For, for many, us really appreciate it, not just in football, but in life. And that, that means a lot to us. So thank you so much for being on the show with us. Well, thanks for inviting me. Just had to make me a promise when the Bills head into the playoffs. Now let's do it again. Let's uh, do a podcast getting ready for the playoffs. Okay. You got I it. I like that. That's a great <laughs> idea. We'll, we'll okay. mark it down right now. All right. Thank Sounds you. good. Thank you. Always great to hear from a mind like Tony Dungy. That's uh Someone who, I mean, I thought we could get on the podcast, but also when it was like, all right, we're getting Tony Dungy next week, it's lined up. Those are just some names that I'm like, wow, we get to talk to a guy like this who, who's known for creating a coverage that people still use today and who just seems like he's such a great guy. I mean, you read about him and you know he is, uh, but getting to talk to him, he just seems like so calm and his presence just seems so welcoming as well. Well, one thing I do have a problem with, with, with uh, a coach Dungy, and I still call him coach because I think beyond coaching in football, I think he does so well in coaching in life. And he's written books and articles, and you see him talking about many other things off of the field, is that he is a big proponent of Coach Frazier getting another head coaching job. And 
hate to lose Le- I would hate to lose Leslie and I know he's such a fan of him um I mean I, I say that jokingly I, yeah. I'm really not mad at him about that <laughs> but he's also been such a great supporter of getting more minority into coaching um such a great example for them on what you can do and um just like I said he's someone that you know I've always wanted I've, I've met him before but being able to have this conversation with him and the things that he said, like, you know, like we talked about, Maddie, you and I, whatever he was talking about, we can take it into our life. It doesn't yeah. have to be in the field. We can take it with our job or at home in our personal life. And that's the great thing about someone like, like, like uh, Tony. So um, love, love the conversation. Yeah, such a cool guy. Uh, Love that he's also going to be a part of the Thanksgiving broadcast. We're going to see that crew because we have the late night game against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Seems like that game is just around the corner and it really is uh, first up though, a game against the Indianapolis Colts. And since we're going to be at home this week, I mean, the Bills have spent two weeks on the road. They get back to being at home. So I'm sure when the bills are back in Buffalo, you maybe get back to more of a normal schedule. I know your schedule is probably all over the place since uh, the hockey season is going on right now, but what does a post game look like to you? Because for the coaches, we've heard them speak about kind of what unpacking a game or breaking a game down looks like before they move on to the next opponent. They, you know, usually watch tape right after the game and they'll rewatch tape on, on Monday morning. And, and then on Tuesday, Wednesday is when they finally kind of flip to the next week's game. So how do you and Terry unpack a game every week? Well, so Terry usually goes down and talks to talks to coach um, before coach goes on the on the radio with his post game interview. Um, just, you know, just to kind of a briefly talk about whatever they need to talk about. I'm usually not in those conversations. Um, I did fly back with the team uh, this game. And you're right. Like as soon as you're getting in your seat, everyone's taking their stuff off and well, they're all eating too, right? Because they haven't, if you think about it, I'm up in a suite and, you know, I've got food there for hours, but when you're on the coaching staff, you're you're not eating, right? And so, of course, they're busy eating, but they are on their computer, they're on their iPad, they're watching film, like, of the game, like, it just, you just got done with it, like, a few minutes ago, and they're back there watching the game, looking at things, um, taking the notes that they want to go to, and I know coaches said, I know sometimes the media asks those questions to coach and he says, well, I've got to look at the film. He's not lying. He really does. He, he never wants to say anything um, because in the, you know, when you're at the game and you're, you're in the game, um, you know, things happen fast. You don't see the whole picture. Um, so they get on those computers and they're watching video um, the whole flight home. I on the other, so, you know, I'm not watching video. So I, I use that to kind of, you know, read and do other self-help books, uh, just, I feel like I need to, you know, try also, to do something. Also be working on yeah. everybody else's. <laughs> yes. But then, you know, and we all get home. And um, on Mondays, though, is when, you know, we kind of, uh, we get together, coach uh, Brandon, Terry and I, and kind of have a weekly catch up, like you said. Got time to watch some film. Got time to, whether it's a win or a loss, kind of get the emotions out of it. And uh, then can really connect with the 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 doctors, you know, and our trainers to understand and then kind of really very, very early on just, you know, what's ahead for the next week. And so that's always good uh, to see. And it's also nice to, you know, I I enjoy the conversation because, you know, you get to hear from coach and Brandon, just, I I get to hear my, my husband's version of what happened at the game, right? Because, you know, I'm 
I'm, I'm with him, but it's nice to hear kind of how coach saw the game um, or how Brandon saw the game. And so after that, we're done with our, our medicals, then, you know, we get to, to sit down with coach and, and he kind of goes through some of the things and we have the opportunity to ask questions and, and kind of talk through uh, what happened in, in all the different phases. So uh, I will say, you know, he, he, he was, I don't want to say happy because I, I don't, I don't know that, you know, coach <laughs> is one of those happy guys. Um, he, he was very proud of how we, how the guys uh, bounced back. He, I think he was very, um, you know, uh, you know, just, I think he, he expected it, mm -hmm. but, um, but it was nice for him to hear there, that it was a solid game, which we talked about in his head is, is all three phases coming together and doing their job and got the outcome that we did. So um, always, always fun just being in those meetings. Uh, so, you know, I learned a lot. I really Yeah, did. I was going to say, do you feel like you're constantly learning in opportunities like that and in meetings like that where you get to hear their perspective, but then also get the chance to ask follow-up questions if you have them? Yeah, I do. I always have questions, Maddie. <laughs> I always have questions. No, I, I do because, like I said, again, the game happens fast. And even though I'm just sitting up in a suite uh, watching the game like a fan, um, so much is going on. And it's just interesting to kind of breaking that down a little bit. Um, it, you know, some behind the scenes, some of it, you know, some of it's physical things that were going on during the game. Some of it was mental things going on during the game. Um, so it's always just really interesting and such a great learning experience. And, and a lot of times what my questions aren't, you know, really like, why did you, you know, why did we run? Uh, why did we not play? go forward versus, in this place? Yeah. Why did we do this versus yeah. that? My, my, uh, my questions are more just to, to help understand and, you know, okay, well, you know, why did that, you know, if you were happy with, you know, say, if, if you were happy with our running game, well, okay, what, what part of, you know, what part were you happy about? Like mm -hmm. that we did it more often that, you know, the, the, the running plays that we called us. So some things like that is what I usually just kind of ask um, about instead of some of the more general questions. Um, but like I said, plus it, you know, gives me, I don't get, believe it or not, I don't get a ton of one-on-one -on -one time with, with coach or with Brandon. Um, and, and I don't like to bother them on things that really don't really matter for the game uh, each week. And like you said, we're in the kind of the heart of the season. So I just enjoy getting that one-on-one -on -one time with them. Yeah, I totally um, believe that you guys don't have more than just that meeting time to meet up because you are looking at four busy people right there, including yourself going from one thing to the next and uh, getting ready for the next game. And also you're getting ready for multiple games that week since we are in hockey and football season right now. Uh, but the Bills are gearing up for a game against the Indianapolis Colts. It'll be nice to be back at home uh, this week before they head out for their Thanksgiving game. And I like the, I like the little little bye week that we're going to get in there. I know we play on Thursday night, but uh, we'll see if the team gets the weekend off. And if they, even if they don't, it's going to be a nice weekend for everybody to heal up. Well, and let's not forget, you know, the Colts have a little bit of, uh, of unfinished business, you know, last year, that yep. playoff game here in Buffalo uh, was a loss for them. And of course, you know, um, this is going to be, you know, a game that they're going to maybe be focused on for some little bit of a retribution uh, from last year that we're not thinking of, but but certainly, um, you know that uh, Frank Reich is a really good coach and he's going to coach that team really well. 
Um, so it's gonna it it's not gonna be an easy game. None of these games are easy, mm -hmm. but for certainly even at home, um, the Colts are gonna have something to prove. And like you said, um, you know they've been doing well in the last two games, um, so it'll be a good matchup for us. Yeah, they are five and five, uh, but they look better, I think, than their record says. They have a, an explosive offense like Tony Dungy had. So, like Tony Dungy said, so it'll be interesting to see how Leslie Frazier schemes up to shut down Jonathan Taylor and other weapons that they have. But that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Bill's Pod Squad. Make sure you stay tuned because we'll have more episodes that will be released throughout the season. So we'll see you guys next week. Hey, thanks, everyone.